When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Get in the know, nonstop Viking star. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Now, refresh my memory, Judd. Did we do a pie chart of praise on our old radio show after the Minneapolis Miracle? I don't remember if we did. You're muted, by the way. Broadcast professional Judd Zolgad. Damn it. I hadn't done that in like a week. I don't believe we did because I don't recall doing one back then. So I think we have done this before and like Judd did a pie chart of blame and a pie chart of praise because this game's a little complicated in terms of halves which by the way after rewatching I have a take on that whole situation too cool okay well but this will be the official pie chart of record then because this is this is historical pie chart week on purple daily where we're doing deep dives into some of the most uh, interesting Vikings games. And we'll we'll do a batch this week. We'll have some for you over the 4th of July weekend. And then we'll do some more maybe later in the year too. But uh, Purple Daily is presented by our friends over at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology, you can learn more at TCL.com. Inspire greatness with TCL. This is Declan's pie chart here today. Uh, I was, Judd, you were in the stadium covering. Yep. So was Declan I. was in the stadium covering. Yep. I was in the 1500 ESPN radio studio with the superstar Mike Morris watching the game. We, we literally, because we, we go live as close to, so we actually started going live as the game was playing out. So we reacted to that touchdown, the Stefan Diggs miracle touchdown on the air. And I know you can go back and listen in the, I think it's on the uh, Purple Daily YouTube channel, the Purple Rewind section. That vent line is available for you to go back and just listen to joyous Vikings fans celebrating. But the Vikings jump out to a 17 nothing lead. They hang on for dear life as long as they can. They go back and forth in the final two minutes with a couple of field goals. Forbath hits a 53-yarder to put the Vikings back up 23-21. Will Lutz hits a 43-yarder with 25 seconds left to put the Saints up 24-23. And then a couple plays later, the Saints defense loses their minds and (laughs) Stefan Diggs breaks free for a 61-yard game-winning Minneapolis Miracle touchdown. 
Uh, Declan, anything else on the setup here? I'll just turn it over to you because you got the pie chart, but fire away, man. Uh, so, I yeah, I was covering this game. So I covered every Vikings, almost every single Vikings game in the new stadium from 2016 through the 2019 season. Um, and I was working this game technically for ESPN Radio nationally. Uh, I would go to every game for the Vikings. I would give touchdown reports live on ESPN Radio. I'd call in, and at the end of the game... Uh, I would have to find a player interview from the winning team, hand my cell phone over to them, and then I also get double my pay for the day. So, like, there was incentive to do that. So I I was covering this game uh, from U.S. Bank Stadium. In fact, I have a couple clips that I will sprinkle in, maybe even afterwards. I forgot that uh, during this game, Jonathan Hood of ESPN Radio didn't appreciate one of my calls, and I will play the audio of that later on in the show. Wow. (laughs) He had fun with it. He wasn't just like completely crapping on me, but I'll play the audio. Were you like being a fanboy or what were you? What, I wouldn't say was I was being a fanboy. So typically like during the, all right. So like during the regular season, if this was Vikings Lions in October, I would call in and give obviously like the 22nd report on what happened on the touchdown drive. Because this was a playoff game, the only game going on, I got, I gave it, I gave a little more runway. I was going more like 30 to 45 seconds like giving a more oh. detailed report. Now he nice. wasn't upset at the timing. Oh. He wasn't upset that I was going long. It was something I said about Case Keenum. He did not appreciate. Okay. In the we'll, do, of the so we'll do that after the I love pie the tease. Chart. Yeah. It's great. We'll tease. Stick there. around later Stick around. on. Come on. Okay. So uh, I think my sports dad will be very proud of me here. I have seven pieces of pie in this oh, pie wow. chart. Oh, wow. Love to hear it. Amazing. Love and this, it. And this pie chart is meant to be eaten responsibly thanks to our friends at Livia. You can still enjoy good food like Fourth of July weekend in moderation and change your life and lose weight. And that's how the guy on the left went to being the guy on the right. And they're both sports dad. How did that happen? Thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who helped me. It's now a couple of years ago, basically, shed 40 pounds. And the most important thing is not only did they do a great job and put together a very easy program for me to lose that weight, but they also then offered assistance and have since on how to keep that weight off. That's the most important thing. We've all lost weight. What happens? We inevitably gain it back. Livia is going to change that for you, and they are going to change your life. Right now, first eight weeks are free. How would you like to be down 20 pounds by the time that you have to make a payment because the first eight weeks are free? 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia, L-I-V-E-A.com. And also, we want your stories, and you'll get a Score North prize pack if you are a, a member of the PD family who has used this program because we know a lot of you have. Just send us your story at sharelivia at scorenorth.com, and uh, we will read some of these because, you know, Sports Dad has told his story, and you have a lot to share. Score North Prize Pack to you. Share Livia at scorenorth.com. All right, Declan knows how you feel about pie. has a pie chart of praise for the Minneapolis Miracle. All right, so first piece of pie. This one actually might shock you because I feel like people slept on this player during the course of the game and then also throughout the 2017 season. 5%. To Jarius Wright. Now, you might not think, like, what the hell did Jarius Wright do in this game that deserves a piece of pie? It's a little bit of an achievement pie, but also he had two humongous catches on third down in this game. And in fact, Mm -hmm. I went back and looked at his statistics in 2017, including playoffs. He had 24 catches that year, so not a lot. 18 of them were first downs. He was the reliable, safe option on a third and short. If Diggs and Thielen were covered, you didn't have Rudolph open. Somehow, Jarius Wright just kind of magically creeped his way in there. 
He had two massive catches on third downs that kept Vikings drives alive. So 5% to Jarius Wright. Yeah, a good, solid, reliable. Ran good routes. Mm-hmm. So, sort of um, K.J. Osborne a little bit before K.J. Osborne. Oh, yeah. Just we should good, do like a list of player. who are the most K.J. Osborne receivers in Vikings history. <laughs> Jarius Wright? Jarius Wright. Yep. Matthew Hatchett. Not quite, not quite as go good. Go back and watch Matthew Hatchett, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, second piece of pie. We're going to go to the other sidelines here. It is Sean Payton for being a buffoon. Yeah. So, how, how much pie? Five. Just another, just a small piece here. Five percent for him being Love a buffoon. Two it. reasons. Uh, number one, he burned both challenges on three in, in, in the course of three plays. He burned both of his challenges. Both Aikman and Buck ripped him for making a pretty stupid challenge on both them, especially the second one. Um, so it's a playoff game. You're down big, and you burn two challenges in the span of three plays. Both of them weren't successful, and then you were out of challenges. Uh, so that's part one. And then, yes, Judd was kind of doing it when I was started talking there. The part two of mocking the skull chant uh, when the Vikings inevitably won. Uh, so it's Sean mm. Payton being a buffoon. It does deserve a piece of pie in this praise. So 5% to Sean Payton being a buffoon. A little premature mockage of the skull chant there. Just, let's call it just still 25 seconds left, guy. Let's calm let's down. down. Let's calm down just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, so the next piece of pie I feel like might be a little controversial because you could say this guy probably deserved more. But I'm only going to give 5% of this piece of pie to Kai Forbath, despite a massive field goal that wow. at the time put the Vikings up, hopefully for good, but it yeah. uh, obviously did not. So just 5%. Now, wow. this reasoning will also go into a little bit uh, of my reasoning for the Vikings' defense later on. But you remember at the end of the first half, he missed a field goal. That would have put the Vikings up twenty to nothing going in to the going into the halftime. So he misses that field goal. No doubt deserves a big chunk of pie for a big massive kick. But when I really watched the totality of this game, the things that stood out to me the most weren't just one kick from Kai Forbath. Other things I thought took up a bigger chunk of pie. So I'm just only going to give five percent to the kicker, Kai Forbath. I do take issue with this because. There was a minute 29 left in the game. Huge kick. It's a 53-yard field goal attempt, and the Vikings are down by one point with one timeout left, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think they only had the one timeout left because they used it like early on that miracle drive. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't make that field goal, the game is over. It's over because they only have they can, they can only stop the clock once, and the Saints, so they they call one timeout. The Saints take two knees, and the game is over. Mm-hmm. So five five percent for a guy that kept the game alive with a minute and a half left from downtown 53 yards. 5% disrespectful. Disrespectful to Kai Forbath. The Greg Joseph apologist surprises us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No appreciation for kickers. I, I have kickers that you know don't have problems like uh, Greg Joseph did last year. But um, <laughs> Kai Forbath, yeah, just there's a small right. chunk of pie here. It's your pie chart. It's my pie chart. Yeah. Right. Guy, kept, guy, guy kept the game alive yeah. there. He with, did his uh, job. He did. That was a huge kick. Yep. Yeah. Um, next chunk of pie. I forgot, honestly, how well the unit played here, and Aikman and Buck even mentioned this. 10% to the Vikings' offensive line. And this yeah. might shock you with Rashad Hill, who had, did have to start this game, I believe, out of necessity because of injuries. The Vikings' offensive line used eight different combinations in that 13-win season. But they were oh, yeah. doing an incredible job. Obviously a lot in the first half, parts of second half, too. 
to make running lanes open for Jarek McKinnon, Latavius Murray. Case Keenum, to be honest, was mostly a passenger in this game. And I know that sounds nuts considering the pass he is. He was the quarterback for the Minneapolis Miracle. Case was just okay in this game. He was not great. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I could call it good. You could, I, I wouldn't fight you too hard if I guess you called it good. But the offensive line did a really good job at opening up lanes for the running game. When Case did have to move out of the pocket, he could do so. There was design bootlegs from Pat Shermer throughout this game that gives trust to the offensive line. So the offensive line gets 10% of my chunk in this pie chart of praise. Was this the year that, um, was it Nick Easton got hurt in the and in the late season game at Lambeau against the Packers, like broke his leg uh, and Remmers got moved from like Remmer, right tackle to guard to like left yep. guard. Remmers played guard for the first time all season in this game. I'm pretty sure. First time in his career. Wow. That, that he had played at that spot. Cause I remember asking, cause he, he had actually, as I recall, been a serviceable right tackle Yeah, and they just moved him to guard. And I think that's what Dex is talking about, right? Rashad Hill. He went yeah. to right tackle, didn't he? Yeah. Yep, so Rashad Hill played right tackle. Ugh. Riley Reef was the left tackle. And then Joe Berger and Mike Remmers were your guards, and Pat Elfline was your starting center. That was your offensive line. Crazy. Yeah, I noticed that too. Just there was a there was a I'm trying to think of when it was. It was like third quarter. And there was a play where Case Keenum steps up, like gets the snap, and he's surveying, surveying. Oh. And he like he, he's like and then he like drops back and then he moves up and then he drops back. And he moves up, and it's like literally 10 seconds yeah, so, of a yeah. perfectly clean pocket, and he's just kind of bouncing around. Like, wow, we haven't said Kirk Cousins shows up, and I don't think he's seen any pockets like that in five years. So why do you hate on him, Mackie? <laughs> I was going to say. Why do Kirk, you hate on Kirk? Uh, it's not Kirk's fault. <laughs> the Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, so uh, we got three more slices to go here. All right, next chunk of pie. You may, might say this is too high. But after rewatching this game, and I have a good reason to why this is still, I think, a good chunk of the pie, twenty percent to the Vikings defense. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So let's start with the good here. Let's start with the obvious reasons why this should be twenty percent. So the Vikings defense held the number two offense in the NFL in the first half, and one of the best quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees. Eight of eighteen in the first half, two picks, a passer rating of twenty six point six. Scoreless. They held the Saints scoreless in the first half. Um, yes. This yep. was a great showing from the Vikings defense. And I think remembering back here, this is the first time I've watched this in full. I think we all just assume because, and there is a, I, I, I understand where people come from. There's a reason to say that, hey, the defense completely collapsed in the second half. You know, they had a 17 point lead. If you go back and look at where some of those drives started for the Saints in the second half, First off, the Keenum boneheaded interception that put the Saints, I believe I have this here. Put, that was the start of the meltdown. Yes. Yeah. Keenum. Put yeah. the It was Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer was bracing for that throw all season. Mm-hmm. And so was I. Yep. That put and the ball happened. on the Vikings 30-yard line. So that put the ball on the Vikings 30-yard line. Six plays later, the Saints go down and score. Um, mm-hmm. I thought in general this defense did a pretty good job. The block punt, too. There was a block punt. That also put the Saints in really good field position in, on the 40-yard line. So, you, you guys, you sometimes got to give defense context here. Now, I know the the last play of the drive for the Saints, that was, I believe, 4th and 10. I mean, I remember watching that yeah. like basically with my wet, white knuckled, and it's an amazing pass by Drew Brees to Willie Sneed to extend that drive on 4th and 10. But actually, I think when you really look at the totality of what the Vikings did, the number 2 offense, it deserves a big chunk of pie. 
And in my next piece here, I'll, I'll kind of explain why I think even the defense played better than expected as well. Um, it does deserve a lot of credit. So 20% to Mike Zimmer and the Vikings defense. Yeah, so they actually, the Saints didn't score until like late in the third, right? So they actually, they were scoreless in the first half. And then they, they didn't score again until like a minute left in the, they didn't score their first touchdown until like a minute left in the third. So you you pitched a shutout for almost three quarters. And yeah, I agree. Like at first glance, you're like, wait a second, the defense melted down. But yeah, the short field, two of their touchdown drives started in Vikings territory on the 30 and the 40. Um, and the, I think the, the, the fourth and 10 was probably the biggest, most yeah. egregious thing because the game would have just been over if you. That was bad. Don't let but me I, convert that, but yeah. I do think that, that that Keenum pick, I think, was when Mike said, get me a new QB. Now, he didn't want Cousins at that contract, but, like, to your point, Phil, he had been bracing for that all year long, and it was like, okay, that's what we can't have. And and then, of course, it got worse in the uh, conference championship game, but I really think that, that that pick was the first, like, okay, this is what's going to happen if we try to ride Case Keenum. And in that, um, and why the defense, I think, deserves a little bit more of a pass there. So at the end of the first half, Kai Forbath misses that field goal. The Vikings then get the ball to start the second half, and they actually march down pretty good. They have 11 play drive, but then Keenum takes a terrible sack on third and short, pushes them out of field goal range. Vikings then have to punt. So, like, if, if just if you think the, if you thought Kai Forbath could make that field goal at the end of the first half, Let's say the Vikings do get seven. That game is twenty-seven to nothing with about seven minutes to play in the third quarter. That ge- yeah. the game's out of reach at that point. Yeah. Well, it seems like a common theme in Vikings playoff games. Well, this would have been one of the uh, sneaky toughest playoff defeats among a lot of them. Oh yeah. To take like oh, if yeah. this was a pie chart to blame, this would be this would be up there as far as. Devastation goes. It I probably think. wouldn't have been anywhere near the Mount Rushmore because if you if you include four Super Bowl losses, ninety eight, two thousand nine, and I think the Blair Walsh missed twenty seven yarder, they have those have to take up seven of the the highest spots. But to you would yeah to blow like a seventeen point lead, yes, that would have been. Woof, that would have been proud. Knows how you feel about pie. Two chunks of pie left here. Two chunks of pie. So, I'm gonna give twenty five percent to a very broad thing. Timely place. Timely plays. Uh, the Vikings were excellent on third down in this game. Uh, 10 of 17 as a whole, but I think Case Keenum on third down was like at 1.8 of 10. Um, they were doing a great job, obviously, like extending a, long, a lot of drives, a lot of huge catches on third down, like I said, with Jarius Wright and others. Obviously, the Minneapolis Miracle play might be the most timely best play of all time. So I'm, I'm going to put timely plays in this category uh, into this pie chart of praise because I think it is worth noting that what even though they had 17 third downs in this game, the Vikings offense, and they still completed over half of them. Uh, so I think timely plays is worth discussing in this pie chart of praise. Uh, Jarek McKinnon had one of those timely plays. Our guy, he's kind of the one that got away. I know he had, he missed like two years of knee problems, but God, he's so much fun to watch as a player. He had that little like 14 yard touchdown run to start the scoring off. Uh, so, so they faced 17 third downs in this game. That's a lot, right? That's ton, that yeah. seems like a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. Can, got, yeah, the, the, this it. is a fun box score to dig through. Actually, yeah, ten mm-hmm. of seventeen on third down. The Saints were two of nine. There's so many Vikings playoff games where you look at the box score, like the, like, the Saints ones. You're like, how was that close at all at the, the end? Ass. Yeah. <laughs> so you tell me the Vikings 
The Vikings outgain the Saints by 50 yards. The Vikings uh, convert eight more third downs than the Saints. The Vikings, you know, time of possession, seven more minutes. Saints took twice as many penalties, wow. turned the ball over twice. The Vikings won. Uh, but yet the Vikings needed a miracle to win, right? Just classic. That fourth and 10 was an absolute. I, I recalled the building as loud as it got yes. for the miracle. Yes. The that. building was like, bang, it just deflated. Oh, I was yeah. sitting by Dex and I thought he was going to start crying. Yeah, I was very upset. <laughs> Don't start crying. Were you working son. for 1500 ESPN at all at the time or yeah, was that was. kind of your hiatus? Yeah, okay. nope. This was, uh, this was like one of four freelance part-time jobs I was stringing together to make my paycheck and pay my rent. Uh, yeah. So, so yes, I was. Um, North Loop, though, was pretty good back then. Wait a minute. Actually, you know what? This was 28. No, I had not started back yet. At, at oh, 1500. I had not started yeah. back yet in my That's second right. tenure. I was on my sabbatical, if you will. Okay. Your 1500 ESPN sabbatical. The sabbatical. Knows how you feel now we're all on a 1500 ESPN sabbatical. sabbatical. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. All right. And then the, the final slice of pie here. All right. Final chunk of pie. I'm just going to give it to the hero of the game, Stefan Diggs. Ah, damn it. I was wrong. Oh, what was, what was I, thought, I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna get tricky with my write that down prediction. I said he's gonna get tricky and Diggs will either tie for or not be the number one slice of pie. But you uh you played you played chalk Oof. here, you played it straight, Oof. so I was wrong. I was I was wondering. I thought maybe you'd go like a Keenum Diggs joint, you know, your kind of thing. Bath, or... Your your entire thing to, for Kai, I thought, oh my god, he's gonna, he's going to give some smaller chunk to Stefan Diggs. <laughs> That's why I thought it was possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's got to be more than five percent, but he's going to give a smaller it's... chunk because because you're like this guy, you're going to think I'm not going to give him enough. And I was like, it's going to be Stefan Diggs. It's like the electoral <laughs> college. You're doing the math, you get to two seven. You're like, oh god, yeah. no, he's he is now. Yeah, I got the map right here. Um, so yeah, thirty percent Stefan Diggs for. Obviously, the greatest catch in Vikings history, in my opinion, uh, the greatest, one of the greatest NFL moments of all time, uh, and a fierce competitor. Honestly, catches a pretty bad pass from Case Keenum, but I've I've kind of went back and forth on that exact thought because if it's high and he gets up there and um, and the Saints defender does not go low, like if that yeah. ball is just regularly placed, is that just a normal tackle and he's out of bounds? Like what happens well, there? Well, but if he oh. gets if I. If he gets it, because I think what I was thinking, and I'll speak for myself, was catch a pass and get out of bounds so that yes. Kai Forbath can line up for a game-winning field goal. Yes. And now if he had been tackled inbounds, I think the game ends, right? Because there was yes. only like oh, 10 it, or 12 it, seconds left. It's done. So he had to either get out of bounds or score. And when he started running, and you couldn't really see on camera if there was anyone down the field, you're like, oh, God, what are you doing? The clock's ticking down. 
but but there wasn't there was another option for him to just like walk out of bounds and line up a fifty some odd yard field goal to win the game that way too. But there is that I believe great shot of Greg Coleman pointing yes. like as Diggs is literally like coming <laughs> like looking like oh my god it's wide open. Um, but yeah, thirty yeah, percent Stefan Diggs. So seven pieces of pie in this wow. pie chart of praise. Five percent Jarius Wright. Five percent Sean Payton being a buffoon. Five percent Kai <laughs> Forbath. Ten percent offensive line. 20% Vikings defense, 25% timely plays, 30% Stefan Diggs. The Rock knows wow. how you feel about pie. So we'll, we'll get to this audio that you tease in a second. I think there's two potential snubs here of there's slices. One, there's one that really surprised me. Is it Marcus Williams? Yes. Yeah. One of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. Marcus Williams was the safety that, for whatever reason, decided to dive right at Diggs as he was jumping up for that ball. Yeah. Instead of just letting him catch it and guiding him to the ground, you could have shoved him out of bounds backwards. Clock keeps running. Game ends, right? That is legitimately one of the, you're right, one of the dumbest defensive plays. I might have given Marcus Williams, if this from old McAdack's pie chart, I might have given Marcus Williams the biggest slice of pie here. I can Because it is just like an unthinkably dumb play, but... You know, and then Case Keenum didn't get any direct love here. He was kind of involved in the timely plays, kind of involved in the the, yeah. the digs thing, but you kind of snubbed uh, Case Keenum here. I, I think the timely plays that plays a factor in it to a to a degree, but I think in general, Kate, like I said, I thought Case was just okay in this game. I don't think he was great by any means. Um, yeah. And there was the line at halftime that uh, I don't know if it was Aaron Andrews, but they relayed it to Buck and Aikman. That Zimmer said, yeah, he played good, but not great. And then Buck and Aikman is like, is he ever going to compliment this guy named Case Keenum? He's just been phenomenal for him all year. Yeah. Well, then there was another throw. I think there was uh, two throws on that final possession. And he lobbed the first one up to Thielen. Just, there's two defenders in the area, and he just kind of throws a meatball. And Thielen jumps up, catches it, comes down. And I think that's when they called the timeout and set up the the miracle play. So there it is. There's your official on the record. This is the historical Record of yep. note pie chart here. Yep. A man who hates the Kai Forbath. The There's no question about it. About yep. So let's get to the struggle. to the Declan clip here in a in a moment. Young Declan, but let's shout out our friends first at Finch Home Solutions. Uh, Cody Finch, big big fan of the purple, was probably very excited watching this football game. Absolutely, I'm I'm sure uh, was jumping off his couch or was there. Uh, because he definitely loves the Vikings. And in fact, that day, or today, this morning, I was talking to Cody, and I was talking to him about Finch Home Solutions and the fact that they're doing great and they're super busy because of the uh, time of the year. And we also were talking about my personal experience. When I called Finch, and Finch, that van, that truck, that purple truck, came out to my house and pulled up, and they came in and fixed a light that was out in my basement and did a great job. And you know what I said to him? I said, Cody, you know, you guys, you do it simple. It's easy, efficient. But here's the most important thing. If you know Sports Dad, you know that Sports Dad is loathe to even answer the door, let alone let people in his house. It just doesn't happen. As I told Cody, Declan has, can't even write an invite to my house. Yet Finch Home Solutions, I got the knock, opened the door, and they came in and did a fantastic job. They were quick. They were courteous. They were professional. And now, if you have any electrical issues, big or small, in your home, I want you to try them as well, finchhomesolutions.com. In fact, you don't even have to talk to them. 
You can go on their website. You can literally fill out name, address, and problem, and they will respond to you so you don't have to call. If you would like to call, 612-357-2604. But you know what? If I'm going to allow Finch in my house, so should you. And another thing about Finch. (laughs) I was talking to Cody today about it. I said, you know, this is a great angle because Sports Dad just don't allow many people in his house. I was talking to my friends at Federated yesterday, okay? So, yeah, I talked to my people. You you talked to your people. We all do. And, uh, you know, Federated has been helping business owners for a very long time. Business owners are the backbone of our economy. They create jobs. They employ thousands of people across the nation. And Federated is focused on helping you business owners out there succeed their corporate culture is grounded in equity integrity teamwork and respect if this sounds like a company that you would like to work with they would like to work with you federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours okay so Declan got into a fight with Jonathan Hood on ESPN radio is that what happened yeah during so this game I'll play two clips here the first audio I believe was right after the case Keenum interception so keep in mind, I'm only supposed to call in uh, for touchdowns. Because this was a playoff game, they kind of gave me a green light of, hey, if there's major plays, just call in. Because uh, it's the only game going on, it's a playoff game. So this call, I believe, was right after the Keenum interception or even the, the Saints touchdown that followed the Keenum interception. Here's the first clip. Keenum also had a bad sack earlier in the second half that pushed Minnesota out of field goal range. You know, there's been some cautious optimism with the Case Keenum experience here uh, in Minneapolis for a lot of Vikings fans, and you're seeing it on display here in the second half because right now uh, it's just a three-point game after Minnesota led 17-0 at the half. All right, Declan Goff. Okay. At U.S. Bank Stadium, 17-14 now, Vikings. I understand that. Let's not do that. Let's not do that, Goff. All right, let's not do that. (laughs) I don't like that. Zimmer's like, Get him ready. I mean, that's not <laughs> right. stretching out his arm on the sideline. The Declan Goff report was all good. Pyro and Ballyhoo, everything was all good when it was 17-love. Now it's 17-14 a little tight. Well, there's a lot of questions about whether or not Case Keenum. <laughs> no, don't do that. Well, I mean, don't do that. He's, he's calling you out for being a homer, yeah. a front runner. Oh, oh it's awesome. Oh, everything's you. great. Vikings are going to the Super Bowl. Declan calls back later. Oh, yeah, it's getting well, really tough. It's getting tough. Oh, yeah, yeah, Minnesota sports really here. starting to sweat Please here. Oh, You've been to a Vikings playoff game, Jonathan, for God's sakes. This is, this is how it goes. All right, so here was part two. Oh, and I should say, before I go to part two. So, I'm, I'm obviously, it's loud as hell in that stadium. Uh, I'm actually wearing like a similar version of these headphones, and I'm doing the calls, Judd, uh, past the bathrooms to the right. That's like the quietest oh, yeah. place you can get to. In, it's in, it's so loud in there. So I had noise-canceling headphones on doing these calls because it's obviously incredibly loud. Um, and I'm not listening to the radio call, but an, uh, my uncle texts me and goes, hey, I was listening to ESPN Radio on the drive back. We, I heard your report on Keenum, but by the way, the host kind of ripped you. I was like, what? So during halftime or during like a stoppage, I went back. I was like, what did he say? So I listened back to that. And then I responded with this on the next touchdown call. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Vikings get a field goal. They make it a six-point lead, 20-14 to 14 here with about 10 minutes to go 
in the fourth quarter. They're lucky to get some points back there after the Saints offense kind of marched down in the second half and took things over. I'm sorry, Jonathan, you didn't agree with my uh, Casey Keenum dick there, my apologies. But, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, man, in Minneapolis right now, there's people that love him and, with Casey, and, and there's people that have uh, the cautious optimism and a little bit of diet Brett Favre take when you watch him play as he can make some questionable throws that just really make your head crack, really make you scratch your head. Yeah. Well, there All you right, go. There's his out cue. Thank yeah. you, my friend. All right, there we go. Well, there you go. 2014 now, Vikings are in front. <laughs> Comes right back at you. Don't question that man. That man is based in beautiful Minneapolis, St. Paul. He knows about the Case Keenum angst <sighs> that in man the Twin do- Cities. If you notice, Declan now, <laughs> feet up on the on the table. Comfortable now because the Vikings have a lead. That's our show. Clapping <laughs> back. I think you got him, dude. I, I think, did. I think, I think he got got. By Declan. That was awesome. <laughs> he didn't know that you were going to know that he ripped you. It was very If clear. my uncle didn't text me, I would never have known. Right. I would never have known. He probably was counting on you not having any <laughs> yeah. idea yeah. that your uncle sold him out. You made what normally would be incredibly irrelevant, boring radio. Oh, like, hilarious. who's listening to that when yeah. the NFC playoffs are happening, yeah. right? Uh, more fun than it would. Like, you basically produced that show into being fun that day, yes. doing, doing everyone's job. That was, that was awesome. great, man. Jonathan Hood. <laughs> so um, there it is, the pie chart of record for the Minneapolis miracle there. And we've done so many other discussions and and lookbacks and whatnot, and you can find some of them on the Purple Rewind section of the uh, Purple Daily YouTube channel. We still have Old Macadac just got done this week combing through every intricate detail of the 1998 NFC Championship game. And uh, I am, like, even more pissed about it now than I was when I was 12. I told you the two games. for you over the weekend. The 98 game and the 2009 game, going back, does not, like, help and bury it. It actually makes it It sparks it up and makes it worse. And I'll even say this as a tease. Screw Randall Cunningham. Every good thing I've ever said about him. One of the great quarterbacks in Vikings history. Peeing down no, his God. pants leg in the second half. And it extended in, into the next season. You know what? Screw Randy Moss, too. Screw them all. No, Randy Moss didn't have a great game either. Chris Carter's right, crying. More, more historical pie charts coming your way over 4th of July weekend. <sighs> uh, and then a Feedback Friday live as well on Friday at uh, 10 a.m. Central Time. We'll see you guys. Purple Daily.